all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Good morning and thanks for listening. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress and today we're talking about littering. Now, you may wonder why I'm talking about littering, but in my mind, it is truly a family matter. Um, It's teaching stewardship, teaching individuals how to take care of um, what they have, of their surroundings, and to show other people they care. So, questions that I threw out earlier, why do people litter? Is it the lack of pride in your environment? Is it somebody else's job to clean up after you? Are you just so privileged that you need somebody to pick it up? Is it the lack of upbringing? Or is it that the trash can is just too far away? And um, believe it or not, there there are some answers to those questions that people have have really looked into. Um, And... As we move along, I, I will give you some of those answers, and I'm going to throw out one question to you. Um, as we go along, feel free to call in and, and guess on that answer if you wish. Um, my question to you is, what, what item is most often littered in the world? What item is most often littered in the world? Now, we already have our first caller, which I'm very happy about. Let's go to Burton Jackson. Good morning, Bert. Thanks for calling in. Good morning. So you have a comment. Uh, Yes, about the littering. Uh, It's one of my most infuriating things that I see. I travel a lot, so I not only see what's on the side of the road, I see a lot of the people doing it. Right. Um, And um, it's it's infuriating because I I think it's a two-part problem. One is entitlement. Uh, I don't have to throw this in a receptacle, somebody else will do it for me. And others, I think it's just ignorance. Mm-hmm. Um, and a little bit of the ignorance comes from, I, I went on a mission trip to Honduras, and a lot of the poor uh, Hondurans would buy uh, chips and snacks like at a convenience store, and the, the roadways were just littered with that. Right. And I think being less educated, they didn't know any better. Uh, but around here, people should know better. Um, but some of it is like just just being clueless and not self-aware, people driving in the left lane, people parking in a handicapped spot. Uh, some of it is they just have no care for others. But I've seen, um, you know, poor and rich people do it. And, I, and I've seen an email years ago to, to uh, I guess, DOT, but commending Marsha Barber for some of her, you know, I Ain't Your Mama commercials about Pick It Up. They were usually mostly targeted at blue-collar, lower-income people. Some of them were humorous, and that's fine. But I encouraged them to send one, you know, to the BMW uh, driving crowd um, because I've seen them, you know, back out of a parking place and leave their coffee cup or or their coke can kind of discreetly outside. Nobody will see me, and this will be wrong. Uh, It's all wrong, and it's an attitude um, and whether you just take it home and throw it away, or most likely soda cans, uh, bottles, it's recyclable. Uh, and it's usually just lazy and, and, and wasteful. So, Bert, thank you for starting our conversation. And you, you sound about as passionate as I feel about this. I, I tell you, this is one of my pet peeves. May I ask you, how old are you? I'll uh, be 51 in a couple weeks. Okay. So you probably um, remember some of the don't be a litter bug um, 
stuff that was going on back many years ago. It seemed like littering, believe it or not, was much worse in the 60s. And then um, around 69, a campaign was started. And then in the 80s, they had... The the Indian, the American Indian who was crying um, right. when uh, he saw trash being thrown. And so there seemed to be a turnaround. Um, would you like to guess, since you're on the phone, I'll ask you, would you like to guess um, uh, at at what age um, is it the older population or the younger population that seems to be more likely to litter? I would absolutely say more frequently I see younger people doing it, sitting at a stoplight, mm-hmm. throw their fast food just out the window nonchalantly. Um, everybody does it. Um, I would say in my observations, it's been those under 30. Yep. You are absolutely right. Um, under 30 uh, are more likely to litter, which is was actually surprising to me, um, knowing how um, livid my kids get about littering and, and they're into recycling. But I do believe that a lot of that is is modeling, who taught them, and, and some of it um, very likely is, is due to just um, their surroundings and and who who else believes in what they believe. So I think one one thing, thank you for starting the conversation. Um, much of what you say is very correct in that uh, it, it's across all economic um, areas. Now, one thing that I will tell you as we're moving along, some of it has to do with context. Um, if a place is already a mess, perhaps it will stay a mess and people don't seem to care. Um, you were in Honduras. I'll never forget my travels to India and and the unbelievable litter uh, on the roads with fast food wrappers and the like. So, um Definitely, once there's a lot of litter, it just seems to pile up and continue unless somebody Im- improves the the surroundings. Um, so thank you for your call. We're going to go to our next caller who is uh, in Florence. Roger, good morning. You have a comment on littering in Rankin County. I sure do. Thank you for what you're doing, and it was a wonderful call just previously. Yes. Uh, and this is an old subject, of course, and I appreciated your <clears throat> review of the history of it. It takes, this is my comment, it takes local leadership, and we don't have it in Rankin County. Now, years ago, they actually invested, and I asked, and they said it was costing the county $20,000 a month to have a recycling program where everybody in the county who would agree had a receptacle, big plastic, you know, bucket to put out front and along with or next to or following the garbage to pick up would come the <clears throat> the uh <clears throat> excuse me, refuse pickup, you know. Right. Which I don't know, nobody ever measured it to see if it really reduced littering, but it certainly was a recycling. It they go hand in hand. They quit that to save money. <laughs> And so what Rankin County and other counties do, I'm critical. I'm proud of Rankin County. It, it, years ago, it was the leading county in the state. Maybe it's number three now. I don't know. But we don't have a recycling countywide program. Uh, and we pay. We pay prisoners to come during the day and pick up the litter that was thrown the night before. Now, they only do it maybe once a week. I don't know what their schedule is. I have talked to those individuals. They would be perfectly willing, they say, I don't know, to instead of being paid to go out there and pick it up during the day, especially after a weekend, instead of that, be paid to be out there at night and catch those letterers, take down the tag numbers, and prosecute them. So, of course, the county's not going to do that, yeah. and so we continue to pay to pay taxpayers' money to clean up after people who are littering, and that fits into your previous caller's comments, I think, about this young, I think it's the younger generation, but I don't want to blame just them. Certainly not all, right. On my my county road, it's 
it's people, apparently, who work at night, you know, and they come back with their, I mentioned some, I could mention some fast food names, you know, and they get through halfway home and they throw it out the window. And then along comes next week the Rankin County prisoners to pick yeah. it all up and make the road look as though it was not littered. That's the wrong approach for Rankin County or any county. Now, that's my main message. I won't get into the recycling waste. Yeah. But, uh, thank you for what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you, Roger, for calling. I'll, um, you know, I, I love to see um, the prisoners cleaning up the roadsides because I hate to see the litter out there. But why do we have to have them doing that, I guess, is one of my questions. Now, if I may, I'll just throw out what I would love to happen is not that anybody um, has major prosecution for littering. I don't even care about whether or not they're major fines. What I would like to happen is if somebody gets caught littering, that they are required by law for a month to pick up litter on the roadside in the area in which they threw the garbage. Um, I just think people need to get that um, that they don't need to be doing that. It's a blight it um, attracts all kinds of negative images out there, and it teaches individuals that they don't have to care about what's going on. Um, John and Christopher, we have a couple of callers on the line. I want to go first, though, to our um, expert that I have asked to call in. Um, Jay, you're bringing her in. This is Joy Dodson. And um, Joy is one of the most energetic people I know and caring about her environment. She is actually the director of Keep Canton Beautiful. Um, in Canton, Mississippi, and uh, Joy's been working very diligently to do do work to try to help the area and is very passionate about it. Good morning, Joy. Thanks for calling in. Good morning, Susan. It's so good to hear your voice. So, Joy, I um, I really appreciate all you do, and um, I know that you've got a whole lot of knowledge. Um, what mm-hmm. I'm going to do, if you will, is uh, have you stay on the line open, and um, I'm going to bring in Christopher in Brookhaven. I see John had to hang up. I hope he'll call back. But we'll move to Christopher in Brookhaven, who has a comment, and I'd like to hear your response back to him. Good morning, Christopher. Thanks for calling. Good morning. Tell us what your was, thoughts are. My my thoughts are um, my grandparents live in Hazelhurst, uh-huh. and over the past uh, maybe 10, 15 years or so, um, I've seen their neighborhood go down. A lot of it has to do with uh, with litter. And my grandmother, who's in her mid-60s, will get out every day while she's walking her dog to pick up other people's trash and I firmly believe that it is the responsibility of those people in that community to stand up and take charge of that situation if they see other people throwing trash down on the ground it should be left up to them to to let them know that hey this is not acceptable in our neighborhood and plus it just gives a negative um, negative images of of that of that community so, Christopher, wow, kudos to your grandmother, and I yes. definitely see se- several people doing that. Joy, you comments uh, on that? Christopher, I, w- I was just thinking the same thing Susan just said, kudos to your grandmother, but also kudos to her mother and father, because she was raised to know that that is not acceptable, and she, while she's walking her dog, just can't stomach to walk past it. She must pick it up, and that is something that, we just need to remind ourselves, remind our children and our children's friends and just the youth in general, but everybody. And, and I do the same thing your grandmother does. I live on a road that gets littered on a lot, and I clean it myself with my, my sons and my husband. And, and it is so disheartening because sometimes on the very same day that we clean it, there'll be a brand-new Wendy's bag full of, you know, fast food and someone just throws it out of their car and I'll actually look at the receipt and it's from you know maybe an hour ago and somebody just you know decided to throw it out of their car and and it's just baffling to me 
that in that moment that they take and make that decision and take that bag and throw it out of their car, they're not thinking about the earth, number one, but also they're not thinking, who is this going to affect? I mean, is it going to be, a, you know, a, a bad-looking street for the, everyone who drives down this street? And, and it n- never made them feel like they were doing something wrong because they were never uh, taught that, you know, it's not right to litter. They were never taught that. So I think that it's something that needs to, whether it's advertising or, and, and Susan, earlier you were mentioning the Iron Eyes Cody ad of the Indian that was crying. Right. And that was such a profound ad that, that did affect people. And I think it did kind of change the way we looked at litter. Um, so maybe some kind of an, a, a nationwide advertising campaign needs to come back with something so powerful as Iron Eyes Cody again. But that won't that won't solve it, of course. But, you know, maybe even, you know, just like in schools, we teach all these different, um, you know, p- parts of history. Maybe we talk about littering and, and the way it's changed our our landscape and our country and, and what it means to litter, that it's beneath you. It's It's not something that anyone should ever do. Right. Right. You know, um, another issue we've talked about, too, is um, just like Christopher brought up, it doesn't it whether it's a a neighborhood um, that's a very expensive, expensive gated neighborhood or or a small house um, that someone just has pride in. It, It doesn't matter how many how many houses have you seen in our Mississippi beautiful countryside area that are are clearly low income individuals who have beautifully kept yards, um, almost swept yards that they're so neat and pristine. They have pride in in what they have. So um, it doesn't take money to to keep up um, a a site to keep something beautiful. So um, I want to bring Sue in before our first break. Sue's been patiently waiting from Beaumont. Uh, Sue, I think you have a guess on what is the most often littered item. Well, I guess cigarette butts. That's right. Um, Uh, Because I've seen people actually pull up somewhere and just, uh, like, between two businesses and just uh, dump their cigarette butts out on the ground. That just, oh. And then I've seen people dump baby diapers outside, just pull up and drop the baby diaper. People like that I don't understand. Yeah. I'd like to strangle them myself, but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you. I lost a friend one time because uh, we were traveling. I was driving, and she finished drinking from a paper drink cup from a fast food restaurant, you know, and she just rolled down the window and threw it out the window, and I, I almost had a heart attack because I don't litter, and uh, I backed up, turned around, went back, and I made her get out and pick it up. I, this is the thing. If you have a, a trash bag in your car, what's the use of throwing things out on the road? All people have to do is put a bag in their car and throw their trash in it. You don't need to throw things out on the road. You stuff it in a bag and take it home with you, you know. That's great points. And you know what? If more of us, when somebody threw something out, could make them turn around and pick it up, um, we'd probably make a bigger impact. Certainly you have to be careful, hopefully. That was a friend of yours, right? Not Well, not not after that, because I, I couldn't believe it. She kept a neat house, but I couldn't believe she just casually threw things out the window with, with a trash bag right there. Yeah. So listen to this. $4.5 trillion cigarette butts are discarded around the world each year, making cigarette butts obviously the most globally littered item that there is. And and the butts are made of cellulose acetate. They do not biodegrade. I mean, they are with our environment. And that also is the most common um, item picked up on beach beaches, ocean fronts. That is the most common item picked up. So I want everybody who smokes, I hope you will quit. Of course, that's what you should do for yourself, your health and your income. But if you can't and if you must smoke, then please discard them appropriately. With that, let's go to our first break. And when we come back, um, Joy will bring you in to 
to give us a, a little bit about statistics and what we need to know. Um, we're talking about littering. This is Relatively Speaking, and you can call in. Please join us at one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. You can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Talking about littering and what we can do about it. Maybe you have a solution. This is Relatively Speaking. We'll be right back. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Relatively Speaking. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress. Today we're talking about littering and what we can do about it. Why do we do it? And who does it? Who are the biggest offenders and, and why? And and perhaps is it something even bigger than littering that we need to be concerned about? So um, we have today with us Joy Dodson, who is the... Director of Keep Canton Beautiful and very passionate about this topic. And and Joy, during the break, I asked you, what would you like to to bring out um, as far as what we need to think about as we're moving along talking about littering? And 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 I think you have a point that I was hoping you would make. So why don't you go ahead and talk to us about that? Sure. Um, well, you know. I know that that litter is something that sometimes seems like a small issue and and something that, you know, for some of us is a hot button issue and for others it's something that we pass by and and kind of don't take the time to look at. But it is such a much bigger scale issue than we think it is because litter, and it's been proven there have been people that are much smarter and, and much more scientific than I am that have done studies on this, but I knew that that it was the case um, and, and there's a, actually a theory called the broken window theory mm-hmm. that um, some, some social scientists coined that phrase and did a study in several cities. And what they found is in communities that had litter, uh, that kind of segued into blight. Um, and the broken window theory really and the definition of it is it's just that when you have a broken window, um, it sends a signal that the area is not monitored and that criminal behavior has a much lower risk of detection. So in, in an essence, something as small as a rolled up piece of paper on the side of the road has the ability to segue into a larger issue because as that turns into that one piece of paper turns into more and more trash on the road and a, and a home maybe that's not kept up or broken windows at a, at a dilapidated building or a junked car in the front yard, it just gives the impression that in that area, those things are tolerated and those things are okay. And that, you know, they, and that those things then segue into other things such as criminal behavior. And it's, it's hard to think that litter can segue into criminal behavior and it, and it doesn't happen overnight. It takes, you know, many, many months, sometimes years, but it just sends the message that no one cares and no one's looking. So anything that anything goes happens here. Right, yeah. right. And, and I will just make a quick comment and then we'll get back to the phones because we have several people waiting. Um, the, the comment is, is that when I was participating in one of your functions where we were going around picking up trash, I found it pretty phenomenal that typically when you were picking up trash, it wasn't just a piece. Usually there were like 10 pieces in one spot and then right. nothing for a block and then mm-hmm. there would be 10 so it was like if there was already one piece it almost encouraged people to right. throw their trash there um that's right. isn't that something yeah <laughs> um let's go to linda's been patient in port gibson uh linda you have a question about laws against littering yes i, I grew up in the 60s and uh 
I thought there were fines against littering. There are. And uh, I thought they were enforced. Well, um, I think, Linda, the, there are certainly fines there. Um, I certainly welcome comments from others um, in our listening audience who may know more about this. Um, I wonder how often people are stopped, truly stopped, for littering. Um, I wish we had a police officer or a highway patrolman listening because I, I'd like to know that, that data. And maybe I can check on that. Yes, and I can speak to that. Oh, good. Thank you, Joy. Um, I actually sat down with, ironically, our, our sheriff, uh, Randy Tucker, in Madison County not too long ago, and one of the things we talked about was littering. And he is passionate about um, getting a hold on, on that, but he said it is very hard for us to catch them in the act. So right. they have tickets that are specifically geared toward litter. But what he likes to do and and what some other Canton police officers here in Canton, Mississippi, have done is when they actively see it happening. And, and Linda Luckett, was, who, who was a member of our board and, and just passed, I, I miss her, but she was a Canton police officer that was passionate about litter pickup. And she would make the person that she saw litter make a choice. They could either get the ticket or clean up that entire road. And she did that on several occasions. And I was so proud of her for doing that because I think it's something that, you know, uh, whether it's cultural or, or whatever the reason is behind it, you know, she taught them a lesson in that moment. It was a teaching moment. And the same thing with Randy Tucker. What he said to me was, and your, your uh, caller just, you're absolutely right. There are fines for littering. The problem is catching someone right. actively littering. That's the hard part. Right. Right. So maybe it's up to all of us to to just remind everybody out there that it's not appropriate. Thanks, Linda, for that question. And thanks, Joy, for your knowledge on that. I uh, wish we had more who would do like Officer Luckett used to do. Mm-hmm. Let's go to Ron now in Oxford. Good morning, Ron. You have a, a, a comment about organic items. Talk to us about what you're thinking. Good morning. My question is basically concerning, you know, if I'm walking down the street eating an apple or a banana and I want to throw the core peel at the base of a tree, sort of on the ground, but maybe not on the asphalt, I've always sort of thought of that as adding some fertilizer to the ground. And I'm just, obviously it's litter, but what are your thoughts on that? And I can take my answer off the air. Okay. I am so glad you asked that question. Joy, I want to hear your answer. You know what? I feel I actually feel the same way as your caller. I didn't, I do I didn't catch it, but but I um, I do I I think of it as well. Maybe a deer will eat this apple, or maybe it will fertilize the ground. I I actually think of that the same way. But I guess that is a it, it's a slippery slope because you know it's it's a left up to opinion. I mean, maybe somebody feels like you know pretty soon this paper will dissolve. I don't know. I've I've never thought that, but but I can see where. Yeah, that would be a, a, a question in in everyone's mind. Like, is this apple okay? Well, then, where does that turn into you know not being okay at a hamburger or a you know who knows? I mean, I, but I do agree with you. I actually have never. It is a great question because I've never really. Well, certainly we know it's biodegradable. Number one, right. um, it's um, maybe akin to composting. Now, I would suggest that it not get thrown in a gutter, but that it get thrown in a bush or um, under a tree, like Ron said, uh, perhaps. I don't know. There may be people out there who, who believe that even is wrong. But that's one of those things that, um, you know, I peel an orange and, and I'll throw it under a bush sometimes. And I, I feel like maybe I'm contributing to uh, composting. I I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so today we're talking about littering. We have some open lines. Um, Janie, I'm going to get to you in just a sec. We uh, want to give out the number. It's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Or you can send an email to family at mpbonline.org. Um, we'll talk a minute, too, about is there a gender difference in who litters. But let's go on to Janie. Janie, good morning. Thanks for calling. Good morning. I guess I have a comment and a question. 
I live in a pretty decent neighborhood, and I work real hard to keep my place clean and all the litter picked up. But I do notice that some of my neighbors who walk their dogs and smoke, they will wait until they're right in front of my house, and they will let their dog relieve themselves on my lawn and throw their cigarette butt. This is daily. And I'm wondering, what can I do about that? Should I say something to them or just scoop it up like I've been doing and just keep my mouth closed? Hmm. Joy, thoughts? Oh, that's that's a tough one, Mm -hmm. and and I feel for you. Um, I think that my first reaction probably wouldn't be correct, and that would be to talk to them because, you know, I don't know, because it depends on who it is and, and... and how you do it. If you if you went out there and, and instead of in an accusatory tone, which it would be hard not to because you, I, I can understand you're pretty aggravated, but um, and just said, you know, could, could I ask you, you know, I'm, I'm really trying hard to keep my yard clean and everybody's, you know, I, I'm not sure why it looks like it, it's it's able, you know, out here for the trashing and, and you know, for dogs and, and just trash alike. But um, I, I was hoping that maybe you could refrain from doing that, and and it would really just make my life easier and and help me out in cl- keeping my yard clean. Yeah. But then another thing you could do, if if um, I don't know if you have good city government or, or county government in your area, but you could ask the public works department, and and if you've got a good director that's supportive, to kind of. Um, help you in that regard so you don't have to put yourself out there if you feel uncomfortable doing that because that is a is kind of a big step but um and and enlist the help of them because they're they are supposed to support the taxpayers and kind of help you pick up things that are larger items but also in this regard maybe they could um you know if there's signage that they could provide a small sign that they could put up even for 48 hours that just says you know something about not using this this yard for littering so, yeah, in some towns, um, just Janie is in Gaucher, and um, I know in Bay St. Louis on the coast, along the beachfront wall, uh, Janie, there, there are signs um, about cleaning up after your pets, and they also have boxes with the little doggy bags that people can um, put uh, the the dog um uh, refuge in after they've collected it. So there, there are ways to do that. Some communities uh, do a really good job of publicizing that. And even with that said, some people are just not going to care. Um, one little interesting item that I ran across as I was looking, you know, in the, when we were talking at the beginning, is it because the trash can's just too far away? Um, honestly, that does have some bearing. If um, if an individual is carrying something in their hand and there's a trash can 10 feet in front of them, they're likely going to put it in the trash can. Um, if a trash can is 50 feet away, they're likely not going to bother and throw it on the ground. So it, it really does seem that uh, the distance... Um, uh, in fact, uh, Janie, I threatened uh, one time after cleaning up a side street near my house for the, like, 10th time, um, I said, maybe if I put a trash can right here where people continue to throw items, maybe that would help. And um, someone told me that they had tried that and... Um, that people threw items all around the trash can. Now, I don't know. I never tried it, but um, I would wonder. Joy, I don't know if you have any experience about whether or not having a can for people to throw things in would be helpful. Yeah, yes, I, there are studies, and I, and I think that there are actually percentages and studies that are done with you know, proximity of trash cans and relatable trash. Right, For example, right. I know they've done one where they've put a recycling bin by itself and a recycling bin next to a trash can, and the recycling bin that was next to a trash can got more things that were recyclables in them. So, uh, and and just, you know, kind of making it super, super easy for people to do the right thing. So, um, it, yes, I mean, not that you want, not that your caller wants to put uh, a trash can in her yard, but... But kind of, you know, it's it's just uh, uh, sending seems. a message that 
it's really easy to do the right thing. Here's a trash can. Go ahead and you know dispose of your trash the right way. Yeah, I think getting the word out is really important, letting people know that we really care. Um, I I think a a public campaign would be very helpful. We haven't had a really good one in a long time, Um, you know, and and perhaps it's time um, at least push our own communities if you have any say out there. So let's stay on the phones. Thanks, Janie, for your call. Uh, Good luck. Um, I would be careful about by the way, before we go on, I would be careful about encountering someone you don't know because you you don't always uh, know what what mood um, they might mm-hmm. be in and and the like. Um, but I, I think maybe if if it happens at the same time every day, this might be a t- technique I would use. I would take a little lawn chair and I'd sit out front um, in my yard uh, about the time that happens and wave to her and say hello. I wonder if you developed a relationship and she realized that you were spotting her that that might stop some of that. I bet it would. I'd give it a try, Janie. All right, let's go to Pamela in Past Christiane. Good morning, Pamela. Good morning. Thanks for calling. This is one of my favorite things that I work on. I used to walk down to the beach and uh, I always took a plastic bag. I had, I never got to enjoy my walk, actually, because I was picking up so much trash. But actually, I have two comments. One, there used to be a number. It was like a short number, like 47 star. You could call and report littering on the road, and you would give the license plate of the number of, of the person who was throwing things out of their car. Hmm. I don't know if they still have that. It was It was to the highway patrol. And the other thing, I, I, you know, I like to compost. However, the the act of throwing something mm-hmm. out could be a a bad example because people don't know what you're throwing out. So you're, it's like you you can look like you're just littering. So I think it might be better to be conscientious and just bring your your. Food, Everything. And yeah. Pets. I hear you. And and your point is is an excellent one, uh, especially if you're throwing something out of the car window um, and people can't see what you're doing or even walking down the street, Pamela. So point well taken. I I, I I think I agree with you on this in that um, if we're going to be the right kind of model, just be a model who doesn't feel like whatever trash you have, you you can uh, re- release it in somebody's uh, space or even in a, a public space. I think that's a good one. Joy, do you know anything about the phone number that Pamela is mentioning? No, and I well, yes and no. I wish I wish that I did know more, a yes or no answer to that question. Not to my knowledge, is that uh, still a um, active thing that you can call in on your phone? And I'm going to look that up to find out the the right answer on that. I don't think that it is because in in all of my you know extensive research on all of this stuff, I've and and sitting down and talking with law enforcement, at no time did anybody ever mention that. And another thing is. I asked when I was sitting down with our local sheriff and said, "If I, what if I see somebody that's actively littering? Like, same, same thing with reporting it on, you know, a, a Star 49 or whatever. You know, so I personally, not a law enforcement officer, see someone littering, you know, what in that moment can I do? Of, of course they would never, you know, um, advise me to stop someone or say anything to the person, which I would never do. But can I take down the license plate and the car and, and report it? And would that report be valid? Because it's basically just that he said, she's, I mean, they're, they're taking my word for it. And he said in that moment, no, we wouldn't take a call like that. This is, this is just our county. I'm not saying it's, it's the rule all over the place. But he said in that moment, you are welcome to take that information, the license plate and car description or whatever, or even if you have the name of the person and take it to the justice court in your city or county and file a report. So really the burden of, of proving it falls on the person that sees it. And it, is that person going to go to those lengths? Right. Um, you know, yes or no, I don't know. You know, it depends on the situation. But 
and it depends on the trash. I guess if it makes you mad enough, you, you or if it's large enough or, or noxious enough, you you would report it. But it's it's kind of it's unfortunate that there isn't more of a, a backup from or or you know to to follow up on something that you can actively see. I and I will look that up to see if that number is an actual right. thing that we can still use. That's, Okay. That would be great. Yeah. Thanks so much for your call, Pamela. We appreciate both points. Can I say one more thing about Japan? Uh, Some friends of mine went to Japan this past year. There is no litter in Japan. People do not litter. I know. Isn't that amazing? It is. And and again, it's pride in space. Um, certainly, Japan is um, in some areas so crowded, uh, just like China. When I was in Hong Kong, there was there was really no litter. But public spaces are the people's um, living rooms. They're 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 where they entertain. And so perhaps people have, feel more ownership that this is their space. Public spaces are our spaces. We should feel ownership. I don't know. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it has to do with discipline, um, Pamela. That's that's interesting to hear. Well, well, thank you for talking about this, and I'm hoping that maybe you bringing this up will help instigate some kind of public awareness and public, uh, like an advertising campaign. That yeah. would be beautiful. And thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. Well, we can hope, right? All right. We'll stay on the phone lines. Mikey in Mobile has a comment. Um, yes, ma'am. Um, I'd like to bring up a slightly, well, it's the same thing. But it's our river, water, ocean, gulf. We all share that stuff, Um, Alabama and Mississippi. I'm calling from Mobile. Um, uh, If you can pick up sodas, pretzels, chips, beer, and bait at a a shop, you're going to get some bags with it. And keep those bags, and as you wear that stuff out, just tie it up in the doggone bags. How hard is that? And if you're going to the, if you're doing onshore stuff and picking up seashells and driftwood, you can use the bags for that. You're going to have more. The, the bags are ubiquitous. Um, you, you can store garbage. And, uh, I agree with you. The difference between composting is, uh, well, first of all, do you own the property? And second of all, um, are you piling it up on the property? Trash is trash. Yeah. You're going to have rats and, and unwanted bugs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. On somebody else's. It, it's not. It's like you don't want somebody coming. If you're a kid and you, you don't want somebody, you don't want your brother. I didn't want my brother coming into my bedroom and rehanging the pictures on the wall. That would have. Uh, it would have been a brawl. Um, <laughs> yeah, Mikey, I think you're right. You, you're bringing up one point I want to emphasize, uh, and that is um, if you're if you if you have a, a bag from a fast food place or a convenience store or whatever, um, when you bought your items, keep that bag, put it back in the bag, and then you can throw it away. Yeah, I'm with you. Mikey, thank you you so much for that call. All right, let's go to Sue in Gulfport. Sue, you've been patiently waiting. What are your thoughts? Well, thank you for taking my call. Um, What I wanted to do was uh, let people know that, you know, prosecuting people who are uh, littering. My husband has given people tickets for littering, and when they take it to court and they contest it, I guess, then it's, it's, they're told, the officers are told, well, how, do you, how can you prove that this is the trash that my client littered? Ah. So you see, it's not just a matter of getting the license and writing it down or, or giving them a ticket. You, if they couple fit and go to court, then the judge will ask them, how do you prove this is the litter from this person? Yeah. Yeah. That... Um, that sounds like your husband has tried and and certainly is an area that's problematic. And I think that is what Joy was mentioning earlier is sometimes that's very that's a difficult part. And do we need again, I 
I can't stand litter. I do think we need laws against the litter. Uh, I loved what Officer Luckett used to do was having people mm-hmm. pick up the the roadsides, but but the reality of it is. Um, do we need to spend a lot of time in court over this, or do we just need to figure out how to teach people responsibility in their well, environment? I'm also teaching them responsibility because after yeah. a while, they no longer want to give out tickets for that. What's the point? Yeah, yeah. You know, there's always going to be that exception to the rule that, you know, is so frustrating. And, and it sounds like what your husband has encountered, which is if that person's actually confronting and disagreeing with an officer of the law, which that that's bigger and more of a problem than just littering. That Those kind of people are just going to stay that way. You know, maybe they'll never change. But And, and just like we were talking earlier about uh, keeping a bag and putting uh, the bag in your car and putting trash in, in your, you know, in the bag, I have actually found on my own road where someone has done just that and then tied the bag up neatly with all the trash from their car and then thrown the bag out. Mm. And so it, it, it's like, you know, you can try and try and try, and there's always going to be those exceptions to the rule. But the, the, the grandmothers of, you know, Christopher that called in earlier, it, it, the, it's, and sometimes this is a hard thing to do. You just have to keep doing what's passionate to you and if it's cleaning up trash just like it is to or what you know continually to christopher's grandmother hopefully that get the word in out her doing yeah. that not only will she clean up trash but she'll also have someone else that's passing by say look at this sweet old lady who's uh, you know picking up trash i'm not going to litter anymore right you know mm-hmm. maybe it'll teach a lesson it might help and, yeah mm-hmm. and all right your children yeah yeah thank you sue for your call we appreciate it Okay. All right. Um, let's go to Danny and Biloxi. Danny, you have some thoughts. Oh, this is a great topic. Thank you. Um, in Germany and Holland, also, there's virtually no litter. Mm-hmm. Just a couple of comments first. And then on a military base, if you don't have plastic bags or some kind of container when you're walking your dog, you can get a ticket. It's the law on a yeah. military base. Yeah. And... Um, and one like the lady in, in past Christian or way, whatever, you know, I, I picked up so much trash at the park, I couldn't get my walk in. <laughs> so I just gave up. Uh, don't give up. Don't give up. Yeah, it's... Well, I pick up aluminum because yeah. that's, and I recycle it. Uh-huh. But, you know, because that's such an important recycle item. But I, my question is, what do y'all think about cigarette butts? Oh, you may or may not have heard, but um, the 4.5 trillion cigarette butts that are thrown um, down on the ground around the world, we think they're terrible. They are non-biodegradable. We need to have nobody ever throw another cigarette butt um, for the next 20 years, and we'll still have too many. So that's what I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but it's terrible in traffic. You, yeah. know, you see them right in front of you. They just blatantly throw yeah. them out. Yeah. It's, it drives me crazy. And I don't know. Could I take their tag number? I I would say I would at least um, shake my finger. I would honk my horn and shake my finger at them. And I hope um, a highway patrolman would not fuss at me for doing that. But I am telling you, that that really is infuriating. And we see it all the time. So let's just keep the word out on that. We've got two more callers. I'm going to try to get to both of them uh, real quickly. Let's go to Johnny and Jackson. Johnny, Oh, hey, thanks for having me on and everything, too. Yeah. Just quickly, the fines in Mississippi for littering are way too low, I'm sure, as probably been said before. needs to be something like $10,000 for littering or something like that. Right now, it's only, what, $250, $300 maybe, if that? Yeah, two or 300 yeah. Way too low. Yeah. And then plus, I, I mean, I agree with earlier with um, one of the people was saying that um, the burden is all on the person who's observed the littering to prove it, you know, mm-hmm. and that same way there needs to be a streamlined system. Look, what I think would work is basically you reward people, like, for instance, um, people in Russia a lot have dash cams. And so if you catch somebody on film littering, 
there should be a governmental program where they pay you, <laughs> they reward you for turning people in. And uh, and then not only just the, the, oh, wow. the person who observed it gets a reward. And so, uh, you know what? That will stop people. Uh, probably. It sounds like it might stop it cold if we could ever have something like that. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> thanks, Johnny, for your call. Um, okay, Lisa, we have about a minute. Do you have um, some thoughts? Well, real quick, back in yeah. Starkville, uh, when we lived in Starkville, back in like um, 98, I guess, they did have a program where you could take down the license plate if you saw somebody uh, send in a letter, and then they would send a, a warning letter. It was, you know, no fines or anything, but a warning letter. But I don't think they do that anymore. And second, when I was a child, and I'm 60, so it was a long time ago, I saw a bubblegum wrapper that has influenced me my whole life, and it shows like a split picture of a kid uh, going to like the old-fashioned courthouse steps, and he dropped his bicycle and he dropped his candy wrapper. And then the next picture it showed if 10 people did that, and... It just, you know, uh, it really made me I love that. that. You may think it's one small thing, but if everybody did it, this place would be a trash bin. So Perfect. That's all. Thank you, Lisa. You did it just perfectly, and what a, a wonderful last caller. Joy, I want to thank you so much for being our expert on and lending all the energy that you have uh, into doing something as this. It so, was my pleasure. Thank, thank you, you. Asking, Susan. Thank you. Today's show was engineered by Jay White. Our call screener was Kevin Farrell, I believe. I'm Dr. Susan Buttress, and I hope you'll join us next Tuesday at 11 for Relatively Speaking and that you'll stay tuned for NPR's Here Now coming up next on MPB Think Radio. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting.